Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm always excited to talk to our guest today, uh, Dr. Paul Herkel, um, but even more so when it comes to this specific conversation, if you are looking to lose weight, trying to lose weight, and you feel like you have a harder time than most, then this conversation is for you. Today, we are talking four reasons why your weight might be slower to move. Not that it's not going to move, but why it might be slower to move and what you can do about it. Um, but first, let me introduce, for those of you who aren't familiar, Dr. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good morning, Gina. <laughs> it seems like we're having some seems like we're having some technical issues, but let's just go with it. Are you there? Hello? Can you hear me now? I'm here. Yep, I'm here. I, I, I heard that there was a bit of like a stutter, but I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, let's go. Four reasons. First of all, let's talk about how these aren't going to stop people from losing weight. You put in the time, you put in the effort. There are things that uh, people need to do, but four main reasons. And this is what I, this, this is what I learned from you um, yeah. after years of conversations. Uh, the first one is inflammation. So let's get right yeah. into that. Why, why is, how would inflammation <clears throat> impact someone's weight loss journey? Well, inflammation is a signal, you know, that the body produces when it's being damaged or there's some sort of process that is hurting the tissues. And okay. so when that process is happening anywhere, it could be at the level of the gut, it could be at the level of your cells, it can be an autoimmune condition, then your body's not focused on losing weight. It's focused on trying to deal with that inflammation. Uh, it's like metabolic background noise. You're okay. going to get static and you're not good. Your body's the signals to help lose that fat, lose uh, an optimized cellular function is just not going to be there. So the, the body's balance of its own homeostatic mechanisms are disrupted by inflammation. And there's, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this now, but there's many different types of inflammation. Okay. And that is, you know, that, that is individual. And then you have to almost have like a bit of that Sherlock Holmes case of like, what is your inflammation? Um, I just, I, I have to say, like, I see a lot of people that have gone through the program that they're current members, past members, and they come to me and they say, Dr. Paul, I think I have inflammation happening. And so what then I do is I kind of like walk them through this kind of like evaluation process based on what symptoms do they have? Do you have joint pain? Do you have gut issues? Uh, do you, uh, you know, something like leaky gut, for example, which is this intestinal hyperpermeability, those cells start letting in more food particles that can cause a type of inflammation. This is well documented in the scientific literature. So we, there's a bit of a, a, a kind of a detective uh, case you have to do, but then once you find it, you eliminate that. And now your body is able to adequately kind of like have the proper metabolism. So one of the things I learned from you is inflammation is not just in the body. It's actually also in the brain as well. And we talk about the body's messaging system. This is what right. we're trying to do is kind of let the body know what we wanted to do, which is focus specifically on fat loss. And it's kind of just right. like, it's kind of like a, your body's in a bit of a fog. So it can't really yeah. focus specifically on the things that you want it to do, like weight loss. So how would someone know if they have inflammation? 
Yeah. I'm actually really impressed that you remember the thing of the brain fog. <laughs> You're, you know, uh, it, it, the brain fog thing, it's worth just talking about because when you have inflammation, uh, it's a very kind of like vague term. A lot of people mm-hmm. come in and say, Dr. Paul, I'm inflamed. But then after we talk about it, they actually may not be. They may have another issue. Yeah. Because there's so many different um, ways inflammation can be produced in the body. Like I said before, um, you know, for example, if you eat certain foods and you get brain fog and you get tired, that's a sign that there's a type of inflammation happening. That's an allergic type of inflammation. Uh, even within allergy, there's food mediated allergy. There's the anaphylactic one that's obvious, but then there's this like low grade one where, you know, I could be eating wheat and I could be eating breads and pastries and sugars. And then I'm getting like, kind of like bloated. I'm getting kind of like my joints are sore. Yeah. If you wake up in the morning and, and your feet are really painful when they walk and there's not an mm-hmm. obvious kind of like arthritis reason. Yeah. Uh, if there's like, you know, it's hard to get your rings on. If you feel like you're in a haze, these are all potential signs of inflammation. You know, there are objective ways of testing it too, which is done through blood work. Uh, unfortunately, inflammatory blood work it's not really done ex- by your family doctor unless they're really suspecting some sort of like joint pathology, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. rheumatoid arthritis or they want to rule, uh, rule out lupus or something like that. But those, that kind of, those markers could be elevated. I see them. I catch them elevated all the time. Okay. And oftentimes they're, 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 they're missed. The, the specialist that deals with inflammation is called a rheumatologist. Okay. Uh, and they are usually the referral people get if they do get some of these screening markers elevated. So that's kind of the objective thing. If you have, like I said, if you have any sort of actual swelling of joints uh, that is an obvious one, redness. Uh, but then you, most of the time, it's kind of like this subtle inflammation. And um, people now are starting to understand inflammation is, yeah. a, is an issue. And then at the same time, that's a double-edged sword. Then they say everything's inflammation when it's not yeah. always the case. Yeah. And then oftentimes their medical doctor might miss it because it's not like the typical autoimmune inflammation. All their markers are high. It could be this like insidious low-grade I'll use inflammation air quotes because it's just the signal that your body is trying to fight off something and maybe even itself. Okay. So obviously that's a lot. So uh, people are listening or they're watching and they're thinking, Oh, maybe that's what's going on with me. That's what's going on with me. Obviously they, they ideally seek out someone like yourself, a naturopathic doctor that can mm-hmm. help them investigate. But I do want to, I do want to say that you're very, very familiar with the program. And while you are following the program and you're doing all of these things, um, you know, like e- eating nutrient rich foods and, you know, maybe adding in some basic supplements and managing right. your stress and your sleep and moving your body and doing all these healthy things for you, you should be seeing some sort of action so if the scale isn't moving which i do have to say at week five and where we're at it is still very normal to not see any movement on the scale in fact we usually have this conversation a few weeks later but we're bringing it to people earlier so they can be aware and maybe start doing something to address it earlier on but it is still normal for the scale not to move however um, if the scale isn't moving, you should be seeing after five weeks some sort of non-scale victories. You should be feeling better, sleeping better, pooping better, you know, yes. those types of things. Would you agree? Well, 100%. I, I'm, I'm, again, so glad you brought that up because that's one of the first questions I ask anybody that's in the program is what's your experience in the program? And if they say, okay, Dr. Paul, they're very focused on the weight usually. They'll say, my weight's not moving. But then I'll, I'll ask them, okay, 
you know, how are you following the program, et cetera. And we always get to non-scale victories. And then they say, I'm sleeping better. My gut's better. I'm, I'm going to the bathroom more. I'm like, okay, so there's obviously positive things happening here in your metabolism. I was explaining to a person yesterday that's part of the program. Weight is a symptom, Gina. Being mm-hmm. overweight is a symptom of a dysfunctional metabolic system. So yeah. a lot of people have to look at, I just want the weight to go. I want, it's a, what's the root cause? And that's what we're talking about right here is this is, and when you understand it that way, you are better able to manage and understand. It's like, you know, if I have a headache, I want to find out what the cause of that headache is instead of just being like, no, I wanted to block the headache and burn the weight. You know, that's why, you know, all these things like Ozempic and Rebelsis are a limiting proposition because you're going to have to be on that for the rest of your life. And it's not actually getting at the root cause. Yeah. I just love what you just said. Um, whoo, my goodness. Weight loss is the symptom because I haven't had a client in 30 years that was overweight because they're eating donuts all day. Like it just, that person doesn't exist anymore. It's usually stress, lack of sleep, all those things. Probably some, a lot of the things that we're talking about now, which I'm sure stress and the way we live our lives these days emphasizes. Um, I, every time I've had someone who, and this is why I have such faith if people just keep keep working towards, and we'll talk about a timeline for addressing it. I'm sure it's very individual. But, you know, whenever I worked with uh, individual clients and their weight isn't moving and nothing is happening, I'm like, you've got to go check this out. You, you, you know, it could be right. inflammation. It could be this. Nine times out of 10, it's always inflammation. Then they're, they're just like, no, I'm doing it. It's not that. It's not that. And then they finally go get it checked out. And they're like, oh, guess what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so they go see you, 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 you investigate, you figure out, you know, yeah. they're dealing with some sort of inflammation. What's the timeline that someone should, or what's the timeline when following the program that someone should give themselves to address? Like how long is it going to take to address this inflammation so they can fucking start losing weight already? <laughs> Assuming it's inflammation as being the main issue. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll talk about a bunch of other reasons uh, shortly, uh, but then, you know, it, it, it's a matter of like, what can you do to address that inflammation? Is this now like, yes. for example, an autoimmune condition? Now that's uh, a lifelong journey that a person has to be on. That's yeah. like the, uh, I'm going to use the word worst case scenario or like the biggest issue. It could also be that, you know, you're eating a food that your body just doesn't agree with. And mm-hmm. you've been thinking that that's a healthy thing. For example, I do a lot of um, food sensitivity testing and, and investigations. And sometimes a person might be sensitive to a healthy food like eggs or yeah. Uh, almonds, two super common food allergens. Uh, even though they're healthy for a lot of people, they have a lot of good protein, et cetera, et cetera. There are some people that they eat that and it's causing inflammatory burden on their body. So okay. once they eliminate that, all of a sudden, boom, that's when it starts happening. So it, Gina, it totally depends on when you identify that issue, what is the type of inflammation, address it and then go forward. I've seen people turn around in a month I've seen people have to deal with it for a years. So it, there's, there's a lot of variance to um, the timeline of improvement. But I, I think the important thing to consider here is that you're on your own timeline. I cannot tell you how many people are so frustrated by, oh, my friend, th- they lost 40 pounds. And, oh, I'm so pissed off by this program. And, you know, I'm like... <laughs> At the same time, it's so motivating to see that. And I hope people look at the glass half full of being like, this is what it could be. But that may not be your journey right now. And a lot of people have to not get so focused on the fact that they're not doing what their X, Y, and Z friend is doing right now. Um, And so if you need 
that extra support of identifying what that might be, yeah, go and work with your naturopathic doctor. And sometimes yesterday I sent a person, go work with a psychologist. This is the, mm. per, this is the area that you need your help on. Yeah. So I think you need to take a really, if you're listening to this right now and you are struggling to lose weight and you're frustrated, don't keep banging your head against the wall and trying to do the same thing and expecting different results. Yeah. Like the, I'm talking to the people that have done the program three or four times and they've lost five pounds and yeah. they're, but, but they love you and they love it. And they're like, I want to keep doing it because they have all these other benefits. You're getting all those benefits, but then you have to take an honest look of like, what other areas am I not yeah. willing to actually tackle? Gina? Yeah, because some people are really resistant to, to work with healthcare providers. They just think that they should know what to do or they're doing this. It can't be that or they're the denial or whatever. Meanwhile, they're like hobbling around or they're, you know, feeling off. They're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, you, you've got to investigate because with the program, people are doing so much. You have got to be seeing. Yeah. Yeah. or feeling some kind of change. Okay, just to go over inflammation, hormonal issues um, like insulin resistance, Hashimoto's, yeah. high cortisol levels, digestive issues, food sensitivities, which we're going to talk about next, yeah. autoimmune diseases like arthritis, lupus, uh, medications, stress, lifestyle and environmental factors could all be causes of inflammation. Um, yeah. We also talk about uh, in our notes about, you know, triggers and foods that can contribute to inflammation, which we're also going to talk about. We're going to talk about the gut as well. So there are things that people can do to help with inflammation. Sure. Is that medications? Is it lifestyle? What is it? It's definitely not medication. So it's a, you're oh. not going to solve this by taking an Advil uh, because even though it's an anti-inflammatory, it does one particular pathway and it blocks it. We have to think of inflammation as this like symphony, except it's out of tune and it's not playing in your, obviously you don't get a song. So we, we can't go in and, and, and just shut down the, the, the music and break all the instruments mm-hmm. That's kind of what an anti-inflammatory drug does is that it, it helps you in the short term, but the research is so clear is it makes your lining more permeable, which in the long run ends up giving you more inflammation that's systemic. Yeah. So we don't want the Band-Aid solution. We want to identify what is the cause of inflammation and go after that. The first step, 100%, I would say, is take a good look at foods that you're eating. Are you eating, first of all, are you eating on plan? Are you following everything? Um, again, had a conversation uh, yesterday with a person. They were um, lost weight initially, but then they started traveling and, and they were kind of on plan. Their diet was good, but then they had these like little times that they just had these alcohol binges throughout. And then every time they did that, whoop, up went the weight and then up went the weight. So I know that's a really like, you know, you want to enjoy your, you know, wherever you are in life, but that might be for that person a key indicator of uh, instigator inflammation. So it could be alcohol. It could be gluten. It could be wheat. Now I know on the program, you don't say, I want you to eliminate anything, but this is where this conversation comes in where it's like, you might have something that you are sensitive to. So that's going to take a little bit of trial and error. You could test it. You could go get a blood test uh, that tells you if you're sensitive. Again, it's not a perfect test. I know some people feel like that's inaccurate, but I do feel like in my experience, um, that it does show a good place for you to start. So that's number one. So identify the things you're putting in your body. Sometimes maybe a good thing may actually be a negative thing. Um, so identify food sensitivities. And that brings us right into the gut. So if you have any gut issues, if you have any um, changes in stools, if you're uh, gassy and bloated, if you're getting reflux, that's a sign that you're probably eating something that is causing those things. 
So can you, say, can you say that again? Can you say that again? Because I know a lot yeah. of people this, this thing. If, that's if you have any signs and symptoms that are gut related, for example, if you're gassy and bloated, if you're crampy, if you go through periods of alternating diarrhea and constipation, despite being on the program, despite having all those fruits and vegetables uh, and that fiber, then that's a sign that most likely your gut microbiome, the bacteria and the lining of your gut is not happy. So that's where you start having to investigate. Are there foods you're sensitive to? Are there things that maybe are in balance in your digestive system? So that's actually a term called dysbiosis. That's a, it's, it's something that's over and above a food sensitivity, Gina. It's not the exact same, but it's the second thing a person would look at. If you've cleaned up your diet and you really are following it, you identified some food sensitivities and you have still gut issues, then maybe this is the next thing that you look at. So, and, and then again, so the things we're going to talk about, food sensitivities, uh, gut dysbiosis mm-hmm. and hormones, they all kind of lead into inflammation. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I mean, I love this conversation because it's not like we're talking about four different things. We're actually mm-hmm. talking about four overlapping things that have a lot to interact with each other. Maybe the hormonal piece would be the one that's the most removed out of all this, but it's still related to the way that your body metabolizes. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about allergies and it's the springtime right now. My car, my car is covered in pollen. That's yeah. another form of inflammation. So if you're constantly sneezing, eyes are watering, runny nose, itching, chronic skin conditions, that's a type of inflammation. Now, is that causing uh, not limiting your weight loss? It could be. And so we need to identify possibly what are the triggers of that? Is it just environmental? I'll tell you a little secret for all the allergy sufferers out there. Uh, Your body, especially your liver and your immune system has to metabolize all the things that it is exposed to. If your liver is not working as well, and the liver's job is to process and filter every drop of blood and every food that you eat. If it's congested because it's being burdened by something that you're eating that you shouldn't, then your environmental allergies get worse. There's a connection between your gut and your environmental allergies. So what we do in naturopathic medicine is that when we clean up your body's elimination systems, the, the lymphatic system, the kidney, and the liver, then all of a sudden your allergies start to get relieved because you have less congestion on your highways in your body. This is such a huge convert. It's such a huge conversation. I, I mean, like actually, like it's ginormous because just the conversation of of inflammation. It's just like it, it's so many things in combination. So here's yeah. what I I just want to kind of put it in perspective for people. So. So the pro you're doing a lot on the program and that's sort of like, like address it 101, like at the, at the, at the bare minimum, the program is going to help you with these things. And so then if you are doing all the things and you are not seeing the movement on the scale or you're feeling any of the things that you're talking about today, this is where you want to do that investigation. You want to, you want to go deeper. You want to take it to the next level. You need to think like, what is it that is going on? So, but on the most basic level, the program and all the things you're doing on it are going to help address it. It's just, we know that you want to lose weight sooner rather than later. So what can you do to fast track it? 
And this is where if you do, if you do have any issues with inflammation, obviously like, you know, you know, cutting out those refined uh, carbohydrates and sugars, minimizing your alcohol, your processed meats, you know, your trans fats and stuff like that. So, so this is where we're going to talk about food sensitivities, gut dysbiosis and hormones. So food sensitivities, is that like I am eating the eggs and they are causing me to be bloated? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It is as simple as you're eating foods that you might think are healthy and they're just not for you. So I'll use myself as an example. Um, Back in medical school, I ran testing and I found that food sensitivity, my food sensitivity was dairy products and eggs. And there was a skin rash I had that didn't go away. I think I've shared this story before. And until I remove those eggs, the skin rash hasn't come back since that time. Now, eggs are something that as an athlete, I ate a ton of because it's great protein. It's a great way to start the day. This is not to say that eggs are bad for everyone. Now, this is the, this is the future of medicine. It's personalized. Mm. You don't you, like a lot of people are probably listening saying, okay, well, I, maybe I can't afford to see a naturopathic doctor or work with a nutritionist or um, I understand that. I totally get that. The first place you start here, everybody, is you start with those 20 questions that you have like, why can't you lose weight? Start there. And I'm going to really say this. And I hope I don't offend anyone. You have to really be honest with yourself. Yes. You really have to be honest with yourself. You can't just, oh yeah, I know I'm doing all that. What, it, what are the areas in your life that you will say, well, I, 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 I what, where do you make excuses? Yeah. I don't, I don't have time. Boom. Bingo. So um, that's an area that you probably are going to have to look at. Well, how do I free up my time? So I don't make that excuse more. Yeah. The other thing I'm going to say, uh, and this is a little pearl that I share with my patients only, so everyone's getting a sneak peek here, mm-hmm. is that I, I really encourage everyone to take a look at their weight loss history. Yes. And what I mean by that is go back to your childhood and your teens and your 20s and 30s. This is a question I ask all my patients. And I say, what was your body composition at the time? What did you try to do? And sometimes we tried a lot of crazy things, yo-yo diets that (laughs) unfortunately messed our metabolism up. But what I'm thinking about here for everybody is that if we're we're talking about obstacles, this is the whole topic for today. Your obstacle may be a mindset that you started because of what your mother was telling you in your teens. Yeah. So, I mean, like this could be an obstacle. Uh, there's a habit that might've started at certain times. Also look at, you know, what did you, what were you able to lose weight before? When a lot of people had in their mind, they're like, when I was X this, at this age, what were you doing? Well, I was exercising uh, Mm. more. Well, you're not exercising now. You lost weight before. What's the, what's the difference there? Well, maybe you need to think about actually having that component along with the Gina Levy program. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we have to look at our whole history as our weight and also those obstacles and and really be honest with ourselves like okay where do i need to focus on and what what don't i actually want to give up that's another thing well, giving up is hard because, you know, so many people yeah. are like, oh, I think I shouldn't eat gl- gluten. And then they take it out for the weekend and they're like, yeah, I didn't notice a difference. Or do you know what I mean? Or, or to your point, you yeah. can take you can take out gluten, but then you also have a, a dairy sensitivity at the same time. So, you know, people go and get those tests. It seems like everyone comes back with the same thing with the with the nuts, with the egg. Is that all? Is that because is this? Is that because we're just human and most of us do have gut issues to some extent? So the same things bother us. Is that, and like, if you took something out, right, you think it's gluten. Cause I hear this yeah. all the time. How long do I take it out for? Like right. really? 
Yeah, the, the, there is a, a elimination reintroduction method where you take oh. out all the top, you, you know, okay. foods, and those top foods are like soy, gluten, dairy, uh, certain nuts and seeds, sugar, um, coffee, chocolate. You take out the, you know, all the fun foods basically, yeah. uh, and then you reintroduce them one at a time. The challenge always is, Gina, is that um, the foods that come back on these food sensitivity tests are the ones that we usually. Our, our staples as part of our, our diet. But um, unfortunately, they're also the most processed and refined. And they're the ones that have been changed from their natural structure. One of the key, what I loved right away about your program, I think it's like four or five years ago when we started working together, is that you really advocated for whole foods. Yeah. You talked about like, I just want people to eat the least processed. Like how does it come out of the ground? How does it come out of the animal? Don't, don't change it from that yeah. as, as minimally as possible. And that I think is the nature of a lot of these food sensitivities. They're in everything. Like anybody that's actually tried to cut out dairy, soy, or, or gluten, they'll tell you, wow, I didn't realize it's in this Ever. sauce. It's in this protein powder. It, it's like, it's in everything that you're eating. And then now your immune system starts getting haywire and having a, a, an appropriate reaction to basically bastardized food proteins. Yeah. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of the repeat offenders, I think. Um, so then there's some proteins that are just more allergenic than nature. You'll never see a food sensitivity to beef in, in food sensitivities because it's just the, the proteins are not, most proteins are not sensitive there. So yes, I think that a long way, uh, that's a long winded way of saying that you have to be personalized and um, there you have to also do it for a period of time, at least for three weeks. And you cannot, like, you can't say, well, I'm in, I cut it out. I only do it on weekends. No, 100% it's got to go out of the diet. And then your immune system needs a break from it. For yeah, because time. doesn't it also have like a delayed reaction? Like for example, I'm allergic yeah. to corn and I can have it, but then three days later, my hands start breaking out in these blisters. So if you take it out just on the weekend, it's not, it's not like you're just going to feel it that weekend. Right. right? Hundred percent, yeah. So that's and that's exactly the type of reaction food sensitivities we're talking about. It's easy to identify. Like I eat a peach and my tongue gets fuzzy. Like that's yeah. obvious because it happens right away. Right. But we're talking about these food sensitivities that are delayed in nature. And you might, like you said, you might eat something and then you have eczema that gets worse twenty four hours yeah. later. But a lot of people are like, I don't remember what I ate two days ago. Like well, I ate pizza. I was at a party. Well, yeah, of course you ate a whole bunch of different food proteins. But once you do that, you know, once you become super mindful about what you're eating and, and, and what the individual foods and mm. food proteins that are part of it, then you can identify things better and you need to have it out. I always say at least for three weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is why keeping a journal while you're doing the program is important not to track calories or any of those things, but how you are feeling and like yeah. having a list of what you are eating and then how you are feeling as well. Right. Like that's why it's, a, and then when you're asking those four questions, when you're, you know, you're, you're, you're eating your foods, not just get in tune with your portions, but also how your body's responding to the foods that you are eating. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A nausea, stomach pain, gas, cramps, bloating, vomiting, heartburn, diarrhea, headaches, irritability, nervousness, just some of the symptoms of food intolerances. What's the difference then with gut dysbiosis? So that's actually now a situation where your bacteria, which we have 10 times the number of bacteria than cells in our body. So we have trillions and trillions of, of these bacteria. So they need to be in balance. And they actually create a lot of things from neurotransmitters to molecules that help our brain grow. Wow. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. But at the same time, over the years, a person can develop an imbalance in this area. Just had a patient yesterday, um, got food poisoning nine years ago, severe food poisoning. Uh, and ever since that time, her digestive system has been getting worse and it's been really, really dysfunctional. Nausea, um, massive pain. And so there could be an initiating trigger of an actual bacteria that throws that balance, Gina, out of, out of whack. And your body now is going to have a lot of symptoms. These bacteria, they produce things, as I said, in the body, which are beneficial, but they could also produce if the, if the not so nice ones get a root, uh, a root hold there, they're yeah. going to produce things that are going to cause headaches and cramping and muscle pain and fatigue and brain fog. So this is that term dysbiosis, meaning it is imbalance. Eubiosis is good balance. Dysbiosis is negative balance. And that's where you might actually need to eradicate some of these bad bacteria, eradicate some of this fungus or candida. And no, I know anyone thinking is like, not as an MD, not everyone has candida. That's like the joke. All MDs think it's, I'm not one of those NDs because I've tested people numerous times and candida is not the case in every single person. I love that you said that because it's like everyone, I've worked with so many people over the years. My natural past says I have candida. It's the first thing I have to address. Yeah, I I love that. Okay, so then what do you do about it? You just take a probiotic, prebiotic, you're good? Like what what do you do about gut gut dysbiosis? The crazy part, Gina, is that a lot of people with dysbiosis actually feel worse on probiotics. So Ah. if you actually are one of the people that are like, I'm doing Gina. I've, I've identified food sensitivities. I've, I've eliminated that. I'm eating as clean and least processed as possible. And I still have all these gut issues. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, so now we need to do a bit more investigation. So okay. you go to your doctor, they might send you to a gastroenterologist. They might do an endoscopy. They might do a colonoscopy. Is there something anatomical going on? Then they might actually send you for a stool analysis or a stool test. Is there, do you have a parasite? Have you traveled at, in the recent time or maybe since this started? Did you have yeah. some sort of bad infection, a food poisoning that might have triggered this whole thing? Yeah. Food poisoning can, um, most people, uh, it resolves without an issue. Some people have chronic issues that happen after and food sensitivities that come on after that. Um, you can have celiac disease and gluten sensitivity triggered by a bacteria or virus uh, infection. So think about how this all started. And so that's kind of how you start addressing it. And then you, I try to identify what's happening uh, and then, and usually this is where you need to seek help from a naturopathic doctor that works with gut issues or a gastroenterologist or your family doctor, if they're willing to take that on. 
Okay, so you're consuming lots of processed foods, sugar, artificial sweeteners, which was there's an interesting news um, advice by the the, um, the 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 who people who do the food, which is interesting. I, we got to have a conversation about that sometime. But um, um, food additives, preservatives, uh, chemicals mm-hmm. like pesticides on unwashed fruits and vegetables, environmental toxins, skincare products, yep. alcohol, new medications added in, use of antibiotics that obviously affect your microbiome, wow. parasites, poor oral hygiene. People don't think about. Yeah. Um, high levels of stress of anxiety all can be causes or or you know adding to issues with with gut dysbiosis 100% yeah like for example medication if you're on acid locking medication which a lot of people are on it is well known to also down the line further in the intestines while it blocks the acid it also allows the growth of some of these bad bacteria because your acid is actually the first line of defense for you so this is just one example if you've been on repeated antibiotics yeah. Maybe historically you had chronic ear infections like I did when I was young, which now in hindsight I know is from a food from a food sensitivity, dairy. But that can disrupt your microbiome. So there are ways of rebalancing things, but it's yeah. a matter of like start with the foods, sensitivities first. No, actually before that, start with the Livy plan. Most of the time that cleans up a lot of stuff. Yeah. Then look at food sensitivities. Okay. Uh, did you do a apple cider vinegar is apple cider vinegar to make you feel better or worse if you take mm-hmm. bitters and apple cider vinegar and you feel like it makes you way worse you might actually have like some sort of active ulcer happening in your upper gi mm-hmm. so that would be a conversation you want to have with your doctor yeah maybe it's h pylori maybe it's some sort of esophagitis or gastritis there's yeah. usually a reason for that are you taking advil for your joint pain that might be eroding the lighting in your gut also a well-known connection to having leaky gut. That's just, that's just medications. Gina, you had an excellent list that you just listed uh, that, I mean, you and I could have a conversation for two hours just on each one of these things on all the environmental things that you're, that you're consuming and exposed to that over time, maybe if you eat non-organic foods uh, for 30 years, it's fine. But then what about the 35th and, and, and 40th where now there's a buildup and that you've shifted the microbiome? We don't know that, but this is the theory of like, you want to try to keep things as clean as possible uh, and as, as, as basically as natural as possible, as, which is the essence of the Libby plan, because that's what's going to set you up for success. Yeah, that H. pylori is a big one because I yeah. dealt with stomach issues where I think I went to Bahamas <laughs> in, uh, in October along with stress. I think I picked up something from there and mm-hmm. then I ended up having to take antibiotics and I'm looking into that. And like a lot of people have that and then don't know because they have symptoms and a lot of people yeah. struggle every day with symptoms and they don't even know this thing is a thing. They don't know. And it needs to be assessed. Uh, and generally speaking, H. pylori out of all the ones. So that's an example of dysbiosis. So in case people are wondering, like, let's put a name to dysbiosis. H. pylori is an example of dysbiosis. Okay. Uh, so that's mainly an upper GI, but you could have one in the small intestine, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Or SIBO, right. SIBO. Exactly. Okay. Now even gastroenterologists are starting to get on board with SIBO and understanding that. Um, it can respond quite well to a very specific type of antibiotic that actually doesn't get absorbed and just kills it off in the gut. And then you can do things like probiotics. But again, these we're talking about obstacles that you need help and guidance. You can't manage SIBO yourself. Yeah. You can't manage H. pylori yourself. No, no matter how much cabbage juice and manuka honey you, you drink, you're not going to actually kill it. You're going to actually have to get some help. <laughs> okay. 
to summarize, the program addresses a lot of these things, yes. even by way of managing stress and getting better sleep. And I hate saying cleaning up your foods, but less processed foods and those yeah. kinds of things that you're doing. This is sort of where we're saying that if you are doing the program, you should be seeing some sort of improvement happening. You can level that up by looking at the foods that you're eating. Keep a journal. Um, are you having sensitivities to certain foods? Try eliminating those yes. things. Obviously, you know, add in things like probiotic, prebiotic, apple cider vinegar. If they are making things worse, it could That's be. That's right. It could it's actually a good little test you can do. Like it, add all the things in. And if yeah. you were like, wow, that actually makes me feel better. Ding. You know, that's a good sign. That means that yeah. there, that's going to be helping you. But if all of a sudden you take a prebiotic and probiotic and you're like, you know, Gina, my, my, my gut symptoms absolutely flared up. That's a red flag that there's probably some kind of dysbiosis happening. Okay. The same thing. What we, I said about apple cider vinegar and bitters, are they making yeah. it worse? Well, that tells us something. And that's where you go and have a conversation with your doctor. And then that's that end step where you'd be investigated. Okay. I'm very conscious of our time. Our time is running out. We're still um, good. We, um, we, I want to talk about hormones. So I think what we're going to do is just do a general overview on hormones sure. and the issue. And then next week, I know that you're back. We're going to talk secondary supplements. Let's start off that conversation by talking about hormones, but let's get into hormones. So where do hormones fit into this conversation? Yeah. So your hormones are your signaling molecules that um, at different phases of your life, they do different things, uh, especially for women cyclically. I'm going to just dive right into that because that I think that's like the big elephant in the room. At most, like if I was to create the avatar of the person that sees me from, uh, that, from the program, they're like 50 to 55 year old woman that is struggling with weight. And it's often connected to you know, this time of their lives, this transitionary mm. time. Yeah. But hormones are not just the ovarian hormones that stop being produced in menopause, yeah. but that is one of the main ones. And so basically in menopause, your estrogen and progesterone now start being secreted, not in a nice balanced, um, regular way. Now there's like little jolts of it. So it's not like it just dives and disappears. It's like, that's what perimenopause is. There's a period of time, you know, that they become, irregular. And so a person might have, you know, skipping their period every second month. Uh, they might notice that their hot flashes come and go and they're better for a while. But the crazy part is, is that a lot of people tell me their non-scale victories is that their menopausal symptoms get better after they get on the plan. So that, what does that tell you? That tells you diet has a massive influence on hormones. Mm -hmm. That should be like a big yay for everyone because that tells us that's a huge way we can make this transitionary period better. Sometimes a, peop, a, per, a person, a woman has a real difficult time with menopause and some women just cruise through and have no symptoms. And mm -hmm. it's totally random. It is unknown why that happens. Possibly, um, you know, some people that have early menopause, it could be a genetic component to it. Yeah. Um, there could be a lifestyle component to it. But I will say that usually the people that struggle the most are the ones that also have a lot of chronic stress and their adrenal system, which is another hormonal system we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that I think is often the smoking gun for a lot of people as being their, the root cause. It also produces a small amount of estrogen and progesterone after, and, and after the ovaries stop working. Now it has to take over and guess what? We've been beating our adrenal system up our whole yeah. lives because yeah. we're not, recovering we're stressed out we are uh, over exerting and, and under replenishing and all of a sudden now it has to take over bingo bango you get all these symptoms so yeah, yeah it's not just the fact that your hormones it's the fact that your body's so broken down from all the things we've been doing to it and the two are like colliding and just being like 
Yeah, I think one of the best takeaway points about hormones is that they're all connected. So they're all connected. So the uh, the adrenal system's connected to your reproductive system and your adrenal system's connected to your thyroid and thyroid's connected to your reproductive. They're all connected. I'm talking about specifically these main three hormones. I mean, insulin is almost like a separate conversation uh, you know, because that's a really important one. Insulin resistance is a massive issue. Yeah. Uh, your pancreas produces insulin and the more that we abuse it through throughout our lives, the more that it becomes elevated because it has to work harder to do the same thing at driving glucose into our cells. Yeah. This is where like, this is just a, such a fascinating conversation, Gina, because, you know, there's these mo- molecules called uh, diabesogens. So mm-hmm. diabetes and obesity mixed in with the gens. Yeah. And it is this molecule that basically, this is a medical term, screws up your, your receptors for your glucose. Yes. And it doesn't allow insulin to lock in and do its job. So what happens is insulin has to be raised to do its job. So this is where our environment plays a role. The foods and what's put on those foods play a role. And then the foods themselves, of course. And this is how hormones affect your energy expenditure and your metabolism. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And that's exactly what insulin and glucose uh, have a big role to play. But then back to the adrenal system, your cortisol level is responsible for your energy levels and for your blood sugar control, especially when blood sugar is low. So insulin is when it's high. Cortisol liberates blood sugar when it's low. So if you feel like you're walking through the day and you're hangry and you cannot, you know, you need to, and that's great about the, the Livy plan is that you're eating regularly. So people that have a really stressed out adrenal system, they're getting like regular feeding. Yeah. If you're one of these people that like loses their mind, if they skip a meal, that's a sign that your adrenal system is pretty taxed because it normally should be able to actually keep up and metabolize uh, glucose out of your liver to, to keep your brain functioning. I... Yeah. So adrenals play a huge role. Thyroid. We haven't talked about thyroid. Uh, thyroid, I have to say, I have to give uh, medical doctors props. This is the one uh, area that is actually quite, um, you know, quite often assessed. Uh, yeah. Blood work is fairly accurate. Um, sometimes uh, patients will come in and say, you know, uh, you know, my, my TSH is on the high end, maybe over four, just around four. You know, there is an ideal range to TSH, in my opinion, that is a bit tighter than your maybe the labs range. And so I think that might be a sluggish thyroid. Also running a full thyroid panel, not just TSH, but also what's your T4 doing, which is your yeah. uh, hormone that your that your thyroid produces. And then the active thyroid hormones, T3, you could test that. And then finally, you mentioned Hashimoto's, Gina. It's worth mentioning, that's the overlap between inflammation, autoimmunity, mm-hmm. and hormones. You see how we're like full circle again, back to inflammation? <laughs> and that, again, is an autoimmune condition. And that is a simple test, uh, anti-TPO antibody test that your doctor can run, your naturopathic doctor can run, and they can, you could see, is your thyroid attacking itself? Is your immune system attacking your thyroid? And that is a, 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 an issue, obviously, because it affects your metabolism. If your thyroid's not working well, you're not going to be able to lose weight. Okay, just to kind of wrap this up then, um, having hormonal issues, program, again, keep coming back to the program, but it is kind of like a get healthy 101 and address your shit mm-hmm. on the most basic level. You're going through the program, you're cleaning up your foods again, yeah. just meaning yeah. no processed foods, um, nutrient-rich foods, you're, uh, you are mindful of your stress, of, of you know getting good sleep, all of these things. You're now um, eliminating foods that you think are causing um, food sensitivities. You are addressing your gut issues 
So then we are expecting maybe to see some, um, really, you know, changes maybe in hot flashes and, and how you're feeling. Maybe this is again, maybe why, you know, menstrual cycles can become more regular. Mm-hmm, yeah. But then on top of that, what do people do? They go to their doctors, they get tested, they do what? Yeah. So I, I think a good way to tie all this together is that. Yeah. I hope this conversation for people that are listening has given people food for thought on where to start next. If you're stuck, mm-hmm. if you feel like you the scale's not moving, we've given you four areas for you to think about. Mm-hmm. And, and even by extension, the 20 questions, go over them if you haven't already and really be honest with yourself of being like, what area in my life is my biggest obstacle? Write down a journal, write it down and then look at, okay, how, what, what can I improve, uh, to make this area no longer an area of weakness, but an area of strength. And so that should be your first step. You don't need anybody else to do that. Mm. And if you on that list identify like I have chronic gut issues and I've tried to follow the, the Gina plan, I've put the 20 questions in place and I still have chronic gut issues. Have you tried the supplements? How have you respond to that? If positively, great. Maybe you can do it yourself just based on following that. If not, that's the time that you go and seek help. So go and see your family doctor first. And they're not receptive, which unfortunately sometimes happens. Then you go see a naturopathic doctor that, and that can help guide you through this process. Because NDs, if I was to say, what is their bread and butter? I, mean, I don't know why I use bread and butter since we're talking about that. <laughs> what's, their, what's their zone of genius? It really is hormones and gut health. That is really what NDs are best at addressing and this is the two huge areas we're talking about right now. In fact, yeah. all of them are, are influenced by that. So um, this is the kind of sequential hierarchy thought process I want people to walk away with today. Maybe you could take care of yourself by just looking at like, yeah, you know what? Um, those two bottles of wine I drink on the weekends, I don't feel good on Monday. Uh, and, and basically, I'm like kind of like, no, Gina, come on. <laughs> it was your 58th. We'll give you a pass. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're, uh, but no, but, but in all honesty, some people can have a glass of wine and two glasses of wine and they feel fine. Yeah. But if you're that one person, you're like, I have a glass of wine and you know what? It takes me a day to recover because I'm feeling off my gut issues. I have a headache. Yeah. I feel yeah. stiff and achy. Well, I know you love it and I know it's the summer, but don't complain about the fact that you're feeling inflamed because that's yes. probably what's happening. So it's like, you have to be real. I love this program because people need to be real with themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping this is a call to a really just honest look at everyone. And hopefully it's an also informative being like, huh, I didn't think that maybe my gut issues are limiting my like weight loss here. Yeah. This is the conversation. You've been doing the basics, working the program. We've given you the 20 questions to look at other areas in your life, your stress, your sleep, your movement, those things. This is the next part of that conversation. Then you start looking into these. So moving forward, you keep saying my weight isn't moving. This isn't happening. What do I do? This is it. You listen to this conversation, you get investigative, you do, you be proactive and you figure it out. You figure it out. Um, Thank you. I just, I can't with you. Mm. Love it. No, this was an awesome conversation. As always, Gina, every time we come out of this, we're like, we got to talk about 20 other things because it's like, I mean, there's a lot of great topics here. As you know, we're both passionate about this. Um, You know, I, I, I really, really want to wish everybody in the program the best of luck, especially people that are my patients that are listening. I know you guys are out there. Um, I really hope that we come across motivational. Like I, I know that there's probably a lot of things that Sometimes the best form of love is the calling, calling yourself out on your own crap. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and, and being honest with yourself. And so hopefully there's a dose of both of those things here in this conversation, which, you know, hopefully will drive you to the next level. <laughs> On that note, we're going to go. I've added Dr. Paul's uh, conversation to our podcast. Also uh, in the group as well. You can find him, Dr. Paul Herkel. Um, thank you thank so you, much. Gina. Until next time. We'll so see you next week, right? Yeah. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.